stream the show on demand at ketchikanradio.com. Welcome in to First City Forum. I'm your host, Zach Layton, and thank you for joining in with us today. I have the very talented Tora Zamora here live in the booth with me today. How are you doing, Tora? Good. Doing good. How about yourself? I am just dandy. That's also one of my favorite places to go in town. I love when things like that come up little little puns so yeah thanks for uh braving the unseasonably cold day i guess it was it just seemed like it was going to be warmer today given the weekend my tivas i'm ready for the summer you're just ready ready for the summer not quite in the shorts yet though not quite although i think uh some people i saw out in short sleeves and shorts this weekend it was beautiful right Mm -hmm. yeah the herring it's known as herring weather Mm. so it's this kind of toss of sunny and then the hail is kind of cute mimics kind of the herring eggs oh, in a way um ha- hail isn't every se- every year but it, it, yeah this is known as like herring season where herring it's like season. glassy mm. glassy seas out there but then it's never know what else you'll get mm-hmm. a little bit of, a little bit of everything i know what day was that saturday it was like we got every conceivable weather that you could yeah. downtown did you were you here for that I love those days, yeah. It was it, it was sunny when I left. It started to rain really hard, and then it snowed, and then the sun came out again all mm-hmm. within less than an hour. Yeah, the way Ketchikan's tucked in this little channel really showcases yeah. the microclimates. <laughs> mm, microclimates. I love that word. So, Tora, you have been getting more involved in the arts and theater and music scene recently, right? And that's not your usual jam, right? That's You sort of dabble here and there in different things but you've been becoming more involved playing monthly grind and at the new york cafe i would say definitely more of a dabbler that being um under the teaching a mentoring with um at littlefield who um apprenticing under just inspired to sharpen my craft a little more Mm. so pick something (laughs) and so music Mm -hmm. i've always been gravitated back towards and find a a good home space there especially if i don't play for a while mm-hmm. i am like just out of sorts unbalanced mm-hmm. i'm like oh what's wrong and then i play and i'm like oh okay it's fine yeah no i definitely <laughs> empathize with that you know being in the dance field i won't dance for a while or won't move for a while mm-hmm. take a little break off and then i'll come back and feel a little rusty mm-hmm. you know i feel like everyone kind of feels like that maybe after spring break after uh, summer vacation you get back into your into mm-hmm. your groove and it takes a minute but yeah, I think uh, we're all looking forward to some spring here. Maybe uh, some of the uh, cruise ship season starting up. Can you believe it's already April? Yeah. And that the first ship is we're here. Cruising through is not not that far off. Not that far. Yeah, but I'm sure, like if you're doing what you're doing, you're looking forward to an uptick in people, right? I'm actually more geared towards just seeing what spirit we can cultivate locally. Mm. I don't, I'm not really playing for the masses. I more play for who lives here mm-hmm. and now. So you like to see what you can kind of create for whoever's there, but like... Yeah, I'm much more, more comfortable singing to friends than I am strangers. I know that's not a popular <laughs> <laughs> take, but yeah. I'm much more co- cozy when there's familiar faces. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we can all we can all agree. It's like It's nice to be around people that we know and appreciate and then mm-hmm. kind of just blossom from there so what 
Uh, do you have anything coming up in the near future that we should be paying attention to, like where we could come see you play live? Yeah. Tomorrow, um, a way to just give more oxygen to some Aliyah in our stories, the uh, Shemshian language, and mm -hmm. our Adal. Um, just be inspired to intert intertwine the interest in music and interest in language mm -hmm. and give it a space for um, giving it upheld. And so tomorrow at Totem Heritage Center from 6 to 7, the Totem Heritage Center, the one tucked away in the valley. Right. Um, I'll be playing there. Of some songs I've learned and also mm -hmm. songs I wrote, all in the Somaliach language. Um, huh. Yeah. Yeah. Can you go into a little bit more, like how your background in like being part of the culture, like it really influences what you do? Not just, I mean, yes, with music, but then also, like maybe in like naturalism and things like that. That like some of more of your interests. Oh. Um. Uh, yeah, um, um, and more I want to and see it too. And my grandmother is um, who my Shimshian uh, heritage comes from, mm -hmm. and I grew up with her for a while, but she passed when I was pretty young, so I have a lot of questions for her. But um, it wasn't until I left and really came back that I grew to know and understand the value of being Shimshan and mm. that what that really the depth of that means and like learning the language too like how insightful our indigenous languages are to land like there's one word for a specific like inner bark of hemlock like there's one oh, word wow. for like specific things in the land and the relationship with the land that is so precise and insightful mm. that the English language just doesn't hit mm -hmm. and and that's just one small beauty of um, indigenous cultures here and just the way our song is like there's a different um, understanding it, it also intertwines with land too and the understanding of place and how we heard sound and then mimicked and there's just this um, beauty and the uplifting that needs to be upheld for our indigenous communities that was very um, brutally um, taken from us and my grandma was not um, allowed to speak Somaliach in schools like she would have physically beaten like she would be verb like verbally and abusive uh, right. physically I uh, told not to barred from that mm -hmm. completely and she she only went to day schools here so she wasn't uprooted and taken to a boarding school and mm. okay. that um, respect there's different styles of of that um but she didn't never taught her kids because mm. it wasn't safe to a lot of that generation. So just two generations off. Wow. Like a whole language. Yeah. And so I. It's really hard to. Just want to learn. <laughs> it's really hard to to conceptualize that. I think sometimes we get so like we're parsed out from that and separated mm -hmm. from it. We don't realize how close we are to that mm -hmm. time, right? Like that's like you're saying only two generations. Like that's a person that you knew personally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my mom grew up hearing like, my great grandma and her friends all talking mm -hmm. smaliach but they're always like oh are they making fun of us <laughs> like they're making fun of the kids like ah those kids um, it's a good inspiration to learn the language so like you can know what the gossip is about yeah in the, the family. gossip um, <laughs> but yeah so it's it took also leaving and coming back to realize the richness and beauty of this um, place and learning and 
upholding our idea our knowledge systems and mm-hmm. way of life and I believe everyone has a a space in that mm-hmm. definitely so since you've been back you've been really involved in like spreading the culture like to other people too right in different ways mm-hmm. yeah in a way of like being unapologetically mm-hmm. <laughs> um shim um, doing less hiding I'm a very mm-hmm. much more I come comfortable in my little my little hiding hole mm-hmm. um but just that importance of we are here we're still alive we're um mm-hmm. and just giving that space to share and heal and I'm so inspired by like my mentors Ashley Dow and how she upholds our language and history and the importance of the value of when you learn knowledge you can't keep it uh, you're supposed to share it mm-hmm. and insp- inspiration to how can we impact ge- like generations down the road mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and so just taking that and seeing different outlets for te- um, teaching or sharing that information mm-hmm. same with that Kaisei Daidu Naomi Michelson my Clicket mentor who I've learned a lot of plant and food medicine and, mm. and our way, food ways and just how healing like reconnecting with the food is and how rich our food is here and mm-hmm. that interrelationship with land and what we eat <laughs> yeah and there's I think I mean if people who are from here kind of know and if you're if you're new to town you kind of can see that there's a lot of access to natural resources here I mean we just obviously we see the fish like you were saying is herring Hearing mm-hmm. season, but but then there's also I think a lot more um, like plants, right? That we can harvest in a in a safe way, right? That we can use here, and that's something that you know, like spring wildflowers are starting to come out. Mm-hmm. You know, you did that for Grace and I's wedding, like went and picked yeah. wildflowers, like kind of ceremonially in a way Took where it. it was like for for us for the wedding. And I know that's something people do, but like, are there any things? you know like easy things that listeners could do or is there like some resources we can go to as like spring to gear up for spring i know people think of berries in the summer but you know maybe some things we wouldn't think of yeah i know like just walking outside of like city limits can feel so daunting it just looks green Mm -hmm. there's a sea of green yeah and can be even spooky for some who haven't um been out all that much but what I'm having to learn and relearn is that we are a part of nature. We mm-hmm. are nature as well. And there's all this other life out there besides human life that we've become very disconnected to and mm-hmm. building that relationship back again and knowing when to harvest is like knowing the area and knowing if it's abundant and if there's enough to take mm-hmm. to listening to the land and knowing all the different plants in that area so even just going out to like word lake and i remember as my mom was a kid she would have us just walk around the trail and she'd quiz me on the trees and mm. just be like which one's this one cedar and mm-hmm. this one's spruce rhymes with bruce <laughs> and just each year i learned so much more mm. each i love taking the community courses here too with barbara morgan and mm-hmm. sometime nam was a part of them interweaving this biology knowledge and Barbara Morgan, I like, grew up here your whole life, so that local knowledge and then also indigenous knowledge mm-hmm. um, is definitely provided here in our community college. And you can take audit the classes. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be like 
for a full degree. You can just do community classes. Right. Um, I just love like wandering around the Muskeg with a bunch of people. <laughs> <laughs> right. Just, yeah, it's just really beautiful to um, get curious with a group of people um, mm-hmm. and see all the life there is. There's so it's a, we're such a micro. Um, abundance of life here like you just look at one little plot in the muskeg and there's like 20 plus plants and most edible or our tea and and like knowing more about our muskeg is, um, it's a big um carbon, carbon emission house that cleans our air mm-hmm. and when you see lichen you know it's like really pure air, air yeah and I, to- I did some tours last year with a local company um Wild Wolf Tours, mm. she owned one too, which was cool to be able to teach that knowledge too and with the small group of tourists. And it was nice, small and intimate. Mm-hmm. But I would like point at the lichen and feel like that's the cleanest air you'll ever breathe. Yeah, right. And, um, yeah, it was, it's just... Yeah, it definitely seems like there's a like a respectful way to to go about it too. And it's nice that there's tours that are teaching that to tourists because I know a lot mm-hmm. of times with tourism it can seem like they're just coming in and trampling and they're not you know they're just here to shop and they're not here to be respectful but i think a lot of people do come here with a certain level of reverence for the land Mm -hmm. just don't necessarily know how to show it or what that looks like so it's it's nice an opportunity to exactly ways have yeah have an opportunity to to engage in in nature because you know i'm from California originally and I definitely grew up in a more rural area so I have a little bit of experience with that chaparral is Mm -hmm. what that's called and it's fun being in different environments different biomes that have have those like you said you look and you see the abundance or you see the lichen or you see the you know people might just see oh it looks like brush Mm -hmm. and it's just nothing that's just some undeveloped you know, tree crops of trees, but it's actually juniper. It's actually mm-hmm. sage. It's actually you know yucca or something that you could use if you knew how. Yeah, like I do love that one tucked away wumps or tucked or also known as Devil's Club, mm. um, hanging out right in the middle of the Discovery Center. Oh yeah, it's like right downtown, and it goes so unnoticed. But mm-hmm. just to see more of the local, like local. Um, what grows naturally here mm-hmm. in the city seeing more of that in other places in the world too is really beautiful instead of just always like magnolias mm-hmm. or, or you know the typical landscaping or like i saw recently online there some in some uh, more urban areas they have like liquid trees Basically, it's like a fish hmm. tank filled with microalgae to filter the air cuz they mm-hmm. either don't want to spend the money on or they don't have the ability to put you know like um you know sprinklers or whatever in to mm-hmm. keep a tree an actual you know living tree growing in this urban environment so they're trying to come up with different ways to have cool. what the trees and the ocean give us here naturally like we're so blessed to have mm-hmm. all of those things just in our environment now you had said the devil's club and i know like as a transplant here to catch a can the first time I saw Devil's Club I was like what in the hell is that <laughs> that mm-hmm. looks really dangerous I should never go near it or even think about touching it but it's really like a very useful plant right oh it's such a healer for sure like I've mm. known people who like healed their cancer with it and wow it's just this and there's so many of our old stories of 
just used ceremonially for hunting and purification and mm. um, it just has a, a lot that we don't know but mm. also know from just the knowledge passed down and life experience but it's not like a super studied plant in the mm-hmm. academic sense um, but yeah very powerful medicine well I think it's a really interesting metaphor too because when you like I said when you look at it it looks like something you should never go near it has all the warning signs it's spiky it has red mm-hmm. berries like it has all of the things that say you know don't you know don't come near me do not touch do not touch mm-hmm. but then if you can get past the thorns if you can get past that toxic looking that thing like judging it by the cover mm-hmm. of it, it's so healing like yeah. what a great metaphor for life right mm-hmm. both and very <laughs> misunderstood yes. misunderstood plant <laughs> yes. much like people sometimes yeah feel like you see someone they can be they look a certain way and you go oh i shouldn't go near them and you end up talking to them mm-hmm. and they have such a wonderful beautiful story to tell right yeah some sometimes their spikes are just their own protection mm-hmm. we don't know why we carry spikes so if you're listening out there <laughs> And you are your own, whether you engage with somebody who might be devil's club-like or you yourself have put on some spikes, maybe let some people in and see what you can, <laughs> what you can bring healing-wise to people. So, uh, what was I going to ask you? Oh, yeah. So, you know, you were talking a little bit before about, you know, getting more into music and, like, trying to not, you know, stay, re- you know, shake some of the rest off and like be more active and things like that so what are some ways that you've been like maybe in your alone time like working on that have you been like listening to music more or like what's some favorite music you have to listen to when you're on your own or have you just been experimenting mm-hmm. with playing at home or yeah a little bit of the little like nugget tips i'm remembering from like various mentors is like just play like don't get so mm-hmm. rigid and like having to have this whole production but just play around and find mm-hmm. out um like kim hendrickson mm-hmm. was saying like just like a cat with a ball of yarn just, <laughs> just play just play and find out sometimes your hands just lead it itself mm-hmm. and um like a little feel again being his mentor uh and apprentice um in teaching performance art to mm-hmm. to elementary like well i gotta get performing if i'm gonna like be teaching that Mm -hmm. and just asking him more tips and he listened to like he's a jazz musician Mm clicket jazz musician he listened to all the records he possibly could as a kid he's like if you're gonna learn if you want to do it you gotta learn from the greats to Mm -hmm. then emulate or have new ideas um so just listening to more of like music i want i uh, would like to emulate and be like or Mm -hmm. make similar sounds um and then also like old um, Shimshim recordings mm. I was given access to and just learning more about what that sounds like. And mm. um, yeah, a lot of times also just just be playing at my bass I've been trying to learn more of and mm. just kind of do like a sound journal and like I click my voice memo on there and <laughs> then just sing whatever I need to get out and That's fun. sometimes there's some good songs that come out of that but yeah just yeah. to dedicate more time to it hmm. I like that sound journal that's fun that has a nice ring to it mm-hmm. I feel like 
a lot of times people have sounds or they have words in their head and they need to get it out. Like that sounds like that's a great way to kind of like mm-hmm. not forget too. Like you yeah. Out in the world and you have inspiration. You're like, oh, I don't want to forget that. The voice memos on like the iPhone mm-hmm. work so well. And I, re- I realize like a lot of people don't use it as much, but it just records things really well, even like far distance, mm. like out in the woods. So just record some birds because I mm. want to like listen to it later. Mm-hmm. I've even, when I was in Juneau, the Airbnb I was staying at, I had the window open and there is some blue jays and magpies. Mm. And magpies only come through like a few times a year, I learned. So it was a nice timely moment. And so I just had my phone and a keyboard I was borrowing and the birds were singing. And then I just started playing a whole riff on the piano. And then that was a little moment. That was showcasing the voice memo and it, mm-hmm. it only lives there. <laughs> That'd be a fun It was a really uh, beautiful combo. Yeah. That sounds really like sweet mm-hmm. in a way like that that mirroring and and the improvisation between you and the birds mm-hmm. i feel like that would be a fun out al- almost like an album or something to release of these like these sound journals like that's even like a great name for yeah, an true. album <laughs> pocket that for later yeah yeah you heard it if you ever see pocket. sound journal by taurus mora out on spotify you know it was like conceptualized here <laughs> there you go <laughs> that's super fun so yeah you said you were in juno and that was for your um uh for teaching right mm-hmm. to do can you talk more about that program and like how you have gotten involved in that yeah it's one of the grants with shi uh sea alaska heritage institute for mm-hmm. voices on the land and they go to elementary schools throughout southeast and even the state um, for teaching performance art or teaching form line or other um, oh, it's a stamp, stop animation mm. um, projects. Specifically, they're focused right now on fourth and fifth grade, but they've done okay. other grades before too. And this year they just implemented having mentor, um, mentees mm. um, with these. There's three main teaching artists, or four now. Mm. Um, and so they want to grow the program and have more teaching artists. And so they implemented... The mentees and a friend who was working on the grant was like, oh, I know someone who would be mm-hmm. good at this. And so she wrote me in. And, and it's been a nice opportunity just mm-hmm. right, um, getting here, I think, in the schools mm-hmm. all, like all day and seeing how Juno um, really up, uplifts and upholds the Klinkit language and mm-hmm. and their schools is pretty cool. And, and getting to do a little more musically up there, too, like connecting with other musicians and going to open mics and mm-hmm. trying my new things that I'm scared to do in my hometown, you know? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. Like your, uh, your, uh, training ground. Yeah. Like, in oh, a way. they don't know me here. I can try this. And yes, then, exactly. Then I can, can run away. <laughs> yeah. And if it works, I can keep it. If it doesn't work, I can run away and no one will ever yeah. know. <laughs> That's awesome. So do you feel like you're saying in Juno, they really uphold the clink kit? language do you feel like that's something that we do pretty well here in catch can as well or that's something that we could be better about definitely uh there's always more space for it and more learning we can do and it from just my um, perspective Mm -hmm. living here it feels very like a soft quiet voice there's definitely a lively a beautiful community here but it's just um more like little pockets um Mm. And 
like they do like they've done name changing in the schools there and mm. upholding the language like um and just the name of their schools and um and place names too and i think mm. that's something we could we could do here and mm-hmm. it it reflects land a lot more and could be yeah mm-hmm. yeah i've always wondered that you know i've, I've lived here twice now it's like my second Mm-hmm. living here and I remember when I lived here before um I was kind of not sure what the relationship really was like mm-hmm. within the community because you know when I you know as a, like, like I said as an outsider I walk around and I see like you said that I love that way that you said the soft pockets of mm-hmm. things around you know like oh there's the rainbird trail but it's not but mm-hmm. that's you know like an allude to but not very it's like opaque mm-hmm. in a way or you know you, you're downtown there's like the the totem heritage center but it's again it's very like it's a soft pedal of it it's not really you know full yeah. commitment to I'd it say in general to catch cans much more like talented hermits mm. just very mm-hmm. unassuming and um keep to their home base um so there's a our own style we we have about it and it's not like you know where it's like the capital like mm-hmm. loud in your place uh, or you know just very more city mm-hmm. oriented so we have our own um style here there's feel, um good language department in uh over at kic mm-hmm. have great um language teachers and they teach at k-high they have a class there and they mm-hmm. tribal scholars where youth get a chance to learn language and work on their projects so it's definitely here um Mm-hmm. And then I, you know, I was going to ask you to, I've always wondered, because I've been to, so I've been to the monthly grind a few times. I haven't had the opportunity to mm-hmm. perform. And I love that space so much at the Saxman Tribal House. But I always wonder, like, what's the difference for you, like, between performing somewhere like New York Cafe? Because those are both, like, intimate, more intimate, you know, like, that's smaller. It's not like playing, you know, being in Pippin or whatever at K-High, like, mm-hmm. in this auditorium setting. But... You know, what's the difference for you between playing somewhere like New York Cafe or the Cabaret or Fish House or something like that and playing at the Tribal House in Saxman? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It changes so much place, like where you perform. Mm-hmm. And even if you play the same songs, mm-hmm. if you change the place, like mm-hmm. something changes it. Can't quite pin the words for it, but... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, New York, I feel like I'm more... I just serenade people while they eat. Mm. I don't really want to be seen. Like, don't clap. I yeah, just want to, like... Don't see me. Like, <laughs> just you eat. Just <laughs> a a background away. music. Yeah. Um, uh, for Monthly Grind, it was more like... The space is definitely, like, show what you got. And mm-hmm. so I, just, I tried playing just originals, and it's such a, mm. like, safe space to share those things. And um, very special to be in a theater house. You know, we don't get access just to be um in them as much and i would love to learn more about that one i know it's a beaver clan house but i don't know its history Mm. um as much as i should being born and raised here (laughs) so having to dig for more of knowing those things Mm -hmm. and like other places like playing with like groups at the motown show Mm -hmm. just seeing how the getting the community dancing like love being a part of that like 
um, and like being part of theater, like just having a storyline to get mm. soaked up in. Like mm-hmm. you kind of just you're on a stage, but you're also not. <laughs> like you just get mm-hmm. so caught up in the story of it. Um, so that was a new experience. I really loved that. So definitely like location. There's not a whole lot of venues here to mm-hmm. to bring that music. Like the cabaret was a great space for that, and um, but that's more at small events now, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the few friends and I want to see like what can we do and variety of like out outdoor spots. Um, maybe just even like out at Settlers Cove platform, like mm-hmm. that campsite, just a small acoustic, more ambient. Mm-hmm. sort of um, show and just seeing like where can you play different places where how does the sound travel differently mm-hmm. that's really interesting to me like I did a hard google search <laughs> a quick google search of like venues <laughs> that specifically focus on like how sound travels oh, rather okay. than just like a PA system right like, actually how like how Greek amphitheaters you know how, yeah, totally. how it was structured for mm-hmm. the, just the natural voice to travel and the only one I really f- found in the quick search was the red rocks amphitheater in mm-hmm. colorado but even then it was still used like a they used a pa system mm-hmm. but it did talking to other friends who have been there it like bounced off the red rocks differently mm-hmm. um so just playing with i would love to play with that more that's like a big curiosity um yeah like acoustics and and natural natural sound projection versus artificial sound. yeah that's a fun idea of doing like an outdoor series, Settlers Cove, Refuge Cove. They have shelters or have platforms, places you could set up pretty easily. Mm-hmm. I know it's restricted on like the dock, like that you have to, like we can't busk in town. So there's limitations mm-hmm. on like mm-hmm. city limits and stuff. Um, I'm not sure how that works. but <laughs> Get out of town a little bit, go down to like buggy beach or rotary beach if michelle if you're listening she always corrects me oh. whenever I, say, <laughs> I always call it buggy beach because that was what it was taught to me and then uh, michelle o'brien who here on mondays here on the chamber minute show is like it's rotary beach because they cleaned it up and i'm like sorry michelle oh fine. <laughs> uh, yeah i still call it buggies <laughs> I <don't, I> think <laughs> a lot of people do thank you though to the rotary club for cleaning up buggies yeah the cute little the music oh, i love that thing. i love that that is fun um, what I was going to ask you is, so right now you're doing mostly like solo things, but you had mentioned playing in Motown. Are there other, do you, or have you been exploring other opportunities to like collaborate with love, other? I'd love to play with more people. Um, again, not, not everyone's performers. There's mm. musicians and that are also performers, but there's also musicians who just aren't performers. Mm. And I'd say Catch Can has a lot more of that, like really talented people that just love to play at home. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I feel like there's a little bit in them that wants to play mm-hmm. live, like to share that. Um, but it does, it's a different muscle to get used mm-hmm. to. I definitely didn't know it for years. Um, but would love to like get that like local spirit going more, like seeing what sound we can make locally, original sounds, mm-hmm. um, just writing our own music. It'd be cool to have a little hub for that in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, open mic's kind of, can kind of be that space um yeah if you don't want to collab let me know yeah hit up Florida <laughs> on facebook <laughs> do a little jam do a jam yes i uh, open mic 
you know, has kind of gone through a few iterations. It was at the Fish House, and then it was at the um, at the Creek Street Cabaret, and it became more like the K-Funk band show plus people, and then it was, now it's back at the Fish House. And then mm-hmm. also, if you haven't seen him, Joe Williams is back in town. Woo-hoo. Yeah, I saw him uh, at the Rec Center the other day, and he's going to be on at some point later this month to talk about what he's got going on. Uh, so maybe that's something you could get into mm-hmm. to tour like get some k-funk plus tour <laughs> that'd be fun yeah <laughs> there's always something i think uh that's like one of my favorite parts about being here in catch can is that you know you can just text someone last minute and be like hey do you want to do something kind of collaborate on whatever you want is going on so uh circling all the way back around to tomorrow wednesday at the Heritage mm-hmm. Center. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about that event? Like what time do you have that info? Do I need to Google it really quick? I'll okay. stall for her. So, uh, Make sure I have the time right. Cause so I'm bad tomorrow, with numbers. Wednesday, Heritage Center, C-Tour. She's gonna be doing some live music, yeah. originals and songs that she's learned. Yeah, to- Totem Heritage Center, April 5th. That's Wednesday, that's tomorrow mm-hmm. from six to seven. Mm. And this, my way of describing it, it's just an evening of music in the Shimshian language, some Aliyah, inspired by our Dach and the Tongas we call home. Hmm. Now, is this something that you created? Like, you, you approached them, or did they approach mm-hmm. you? Yeah, just thinking about, like, different spaces we can have music. Mm-hmm. Like, I worked there for a summer, and just, mm. um, and that's kind of where I became, started my, my language journey that summer, and so it feels kind of full circle. Mm-hmm. And, uh, beautiful way and i was like hey like are you ever willing to have people play here and they're like oh yeah we want more of that um for sure and and they have the the classes there every like through the fall and winter Mm -hmm. and spring that are just really great classes if you don't know about them you should keep an eye on them they fill up pretty quick though so they do high demand (laughs) yeah i had some friends from the museum here uh a while back when we were talking about the cruising the fossil coastline exhibit that's at the downtown at the museum downtown that mm-hmm. I mind is blanking on the name of the museum I always get them like Discovery Center Tongas Historical Museum there we go Tongas Historical Museum ding, ding. thank you ding 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 winner winner <laughs> dinner. Uh, yeah they were here talking about the classes and they have basket weaving yeah um, I think it's filling up or it's probably full or past but yeah so it's a great space people should definitely come see you tomorrow at six, from 6 to yeah, 7 yeah and a lot of people who even live here have never been there before I was like this is one really? of the most like beautiful places mm. on this island and the world i think but it has so much of about us in there um there are no uh, shimshian poles which was funny because that summer we we're all shimshian tour guides we're like we are <laughs> the caretakers <laughs> um crosses hands <laughs> yeah we caretake um and there's even more poles in the lower level mm. um and like our like those poles that are like in a way, our writing our writing system like the those are the the keepers of the story mm. of place, and so learning those stories I think are really important. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is a, a direct like open access place we can go to learn them. Um, and there are like the totem bite, mm-hmm. and there's books out there that have the stories in them. They're mm-hmm. not all written on like plaques out there, but those are important stories to learn and the ones out at Saxman as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
you know, it's like you said, I think just gaining that knowledge of the culture because it's something that we see you see every day if you drive through downtown there's there's poles mm-hmm. throughout and it might just become like background to you, you might not even think about yeah. it's there like oh that's just there for the tourists but it's not like it's part of the like you said it's, yeah. it's part of the land that's part of what there's a lot of people who lived here who only learned about them because they did a tour guide gig mm-hmm. in town it's like why don't we just learn that living mm-hmm. here <laughs> um so just exploring with that takes and well yeah and then not to circle back again but you know it's interesting that you were talking about that like the difference between juno and ketchikan and it was just that was like tickling something in the back of my mind we were talking oh, about looking at a rivalry yeah but <laughs> about not really like you said if someone might not even learn about it until they do a tour guide gig but it's almost like that should be part of the core curriculum for schools here mm-hmm. in my opinion i know in california like we learn about all of the like the gold rush and you learn about missions and you learn about like all those different things that are part of california heritage and you know i think a lot of people get upset because it's like oh you want to teach it like the right way you know what i mean you don't want to make it seem like this romanticized version of the story because that can kind of give Mm -hmm. you know kids a false perception of of what it is and i don't i don't think that they sugarcoated very much at all when we were learning it before and that was you know 20 30 years ago for me when i was learning it um but i don't know like i feel like you know with what your studies are doing with teaching don't you think that's something that should be maybe more part of the the curriculum for elementary and middle Mm -hmm. school like knowing where you are yeah (laughs) knowing where we are like the the knowledge of place like we are in such a globalized world yeah and so everything's kind of <clears throat> panned knowledge but the richness of knowing place in our indigenous communities hold that knowledge um so richly and g- need to be given that respect but again like that perspective of not even being viewed as human mm-hmm. <laughs> wasn't that long ago mm-hmm. and so we're all healing in that um the colonization of mm-hmm. of those years um that we're in and i also finding our own like our own value in our heritage too mm-hmm. and having being proud of that and i remember hearing a good quote from someone i um talked about language with um we got to know where we've been to know where we are to know where we're going mm-hmm. it, absolutely i think that has a lot to in thinking about and a lot of indigenous communities think about how can we prepare the seven generations away Mm-hmm. We don't really think about that mm-hmm. too much in how we make choices now. We kind of think of how to make the next book <laughs> mm-hmm. now instead of how can we sustain ourselves for a long, long time. And I think that uh, indigenous communities have a lot of knowledge and know-how mm-hmm. in that way. Um, in our food systems, in our our perspective of in relationship with land and yeah, just I can go on and on and on but yeah. just that that healing um, together uh, is happening and um, it's so important yeah and I think a lot of times like you said within this globalized kind of polarized quote unquote world that we exist in I don't even want to say we live in that world because we it's so easy to depart yeah. from that world if we choose that's, that's not a real place that is a that is a existential place that is created for us to exist in that we can depart from 
because it mostly ex exists on social media and mm -hmm. on TV. Like when you are out in the muskag, that doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's not a thing but you know i think a lot of times we get in this in this place that we exist and it's like oh we're supposed to like you use the word colonization like we're supposed to like feel ashamed like there's like these words that are attached to it and it's like no it's, it's like it's what you just said it's you have to know where you were so you know where you are so you know where you're going it's it's about the future it's not about being locked in and and you know fulminating on the past it's about creating a brighter tomorrow for everyone, right? You learning the lessons of the past mm -hmm. so that we don't repeat them so that we can learn from that and understand what's a new, a new direction to go in where we're, where we have more empathy and we have more respect for nature and we have more respect for each other. Right. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> yes. Somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. That's the way it is. So, yeah, please, uh, if you... Yeah, if go you outside. Go outside, <laughs> enjoy nature. I know it's a little chilly today. <laughs> wear, wear some uh, shoes, some full, <laughs> full toe shoes. Yeah. Tori came walking up in sandals, and I was like, ooh, toes, toes are cold. It's all in the gear. All in the sure. gear. Yeah, go out and enjoy nature, and go see Tora play tomorrow at the Totem Heritage Center from ooh. 6 to 7. And check out all the other local events can go to the Ketchikan Area Arts and Humanities Council page and see their art report and you can sign up that's a, as a newsletter and you can keep up to date with everything arts related in Ketchikan and yeah. And Toysa Knudsen, Emma Nietzsche, thanks for listening. Yes, thanks for listening to uh, First City Forum here on KTKN and streaming on KetchikanRadio.com. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. We'll be back tomorrow with more First City Forum. Take care, everyone.